If you were not here last week, we'll get you caught up, but we are on part two of overcoming temptation. We talked about that last week, and part of growing is learning the things that, that we need to prepare us in life when we face certain things. And the Bible is very clear. We've talked about a lot of different things over this. I say it's a series. It's more of a theme because we've been on it pretty much all year. Uh, but we're really talking today about just temptation because we all, we all face it. And sometimes there's temptation to do things that we know is wrong, but sometimes there's temptation just to not go deeper in where we need to go. It's not just not, it's not just a temptation to do something wrong, but sometimes we can be tempted to just stay where we are, you know, and, and all of those things. Even, even when we talk about um, what we did here with just welcoming the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to tell you, we live in a world, we live in a world where they need to see light. We live in a world where there's a lot of darkness. And just yesterday, there was a shooting at a Walmart in Texas. This morning early, there was a shooting in Dayton, Ohio, downtown somewhere. It's a mess. This world's a mess. And they need light. Why don't, why don't we just stop and pray? Let's just do that to start. Lord, we just pray today for those situations. Lord, we know we live in a world that's hurting. Lord, there's people that are hurting. There's people that are struggling. There's people in a lot of pain today. And God, these people who've been affected by these tragedies, people who may have lost loved ones or have loved ones who are injured, Lord, families who are, are, are related to not only the, the victims, but even the people that, that did it. Lord, there's a lot of pain in all of it. And God, I know that you love everyone. So today, we just, we just pray for all of those people, all of those families. Lord, for those cities, we pray peace. Lord, we pray just wisdom for those who are investigating and, and looking into things. God, we pray protection over people. Lord, in our community, even here, Lord, we pray protection. We pray, Lord, for churches that are meeting. We pray protection over churches today. God, we pray for our law enforcement. We pray for people that in the government, people all the way up to the president of the United States. Lord, from the, from the most local level to the furthest, Lord, we pray for your peace, your wisdom, your guidance. Lord, we just, we put them into your hands and we ask you just to Intervene, Lord, help people that don't know you come to know you. And Lord, help believers to stand with a true identity of you. And Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So anyway, in these situations, I'm telling you, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that happen. You see the world that we live in and you see a lot of the darkness, but you know what else you see? You see the opportunity for hope because people are looking for it. Even more now than ever, people are looking for hope. And we have it. And I really feel that this spiritual growth theme, because I talked with a pastor about it, and it was funny because I thought the same thing. He's like, isn't that every church's theme? Like, don't, don't you always want? But I, but I felt like for us, it's just intentional. That we can't just, we can't, we're not just going to come here and get a Sunday school lesson and go home. I mean, we need to, we need to get this. We need to let it go deep in our hearts. Remember the parable of the sower? The word went forth, and 75% of the soil did not produce lasting fruit. So just because you hear the word doesn't mean that it's going to produce lasting fruit in your life. You have to hear it. You have to receive it. And you have to let those things 
that aren't of God. You've got you to you gotta pull weeds in your life. A good gardener doesn't just love flowers but hates weeds, right? The things that can choke that out, you've got you to allow the Lord to help you to deal with that stuff. So that temptation to just kind of stay where you are, I'm telling you, the world doesn't need you to stay where you are. The world needs us to be different and to be light and to, to walk in love, to walk in kindness, to walk with hope, to speak life, to speak encouraging words, to not condemn. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I know this is on a little off track, but it's just an extra nugget. You know, when you order eight and you get nine, you're like, yeah. That's what this is. This is just extra right now. But sometimes believers with the right heart, sometimes you push people so hard you're actually condemning them for what they're feeling about where they are. If you don't connect with where they are right now and you just say, well, stop feeling that way, it can bring shame and condemnation. Sometimes you have to connect with that's what you're feeling. And you know what? God can help you. And then we, we, we help them on the journey. But even as believers, we have to be very sensitive to where people are. And that's why this vision right here, we don't just equip and empower people. You got to embrace them first. Then you can encourage them. Then you can equip and empower. Sometimes if we don't have that embrace part, we miss it. These bowling things, it's very spiritual. I mean, it is. It's funny. It's not spiritual like, hallelujah. Some people are praying the whole way the time that ball is rolling. But I'm telling you what's spiritual is we're loving on people and we're connecting. And that's what brings walls down so you can actually connect with those deeper things. So that's, that's part of what the side of temptation we got to be careful too, that we don't just stay comfortable. That we decide we're going to grow. And sometimes growing can be difficult. Sometimes it can hurt. To deal with those places that you never dealt with. To finally say, you know what, I've struggled with that for a long time. And I've been that way for a long time. But it's time to let the Lord help me. And it's time for me to change. It's time to allow God to change that part of me that I need to be free of. All right, so let's talk about temptation. First of all, your temptation does not come from God. Okay, God's not trying to tempt you. So let's put that scripture up. James 1 verse 12 God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. He never does. So the first thing is just to recognize. And the reason that's important, because sometimes if we receive everything as from God, you know, then, then we think, oh, this, this, is, this is God. This is God. And, and, but this, listen, God is not about trying to get you to fail or to fall. You know? Has, does he test? It talks about even Philip. Remember Philip came and when they were feeding the 5,000? And, and uh, he, he said to Philip, you feed him. And it said that, and it says in the scripture that he was testing Philip. So in something like that, but not in a temptation to fall and to do wrong. That's not, that's not the God we serve. So let's look at verse 14 and verse 15 of that same passage. Temptation comes, this is where temptation comes from, our own desires, which entice, entice us and drag us away. And these desires, if we give into it, 
they give birth to sinful actions. And then when sin is allowed to grow, it ultimately brings forth death. So this is where the temptation comes, and we're just reviewing in this first part. It comes from us, our desires. Listen, you are spirit, soul, and body. You have a flesh. And if you walk by the flesh, you are going to want to do things that you shouldn't do. If you walk by the spirit, then you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But there are temptations that, that face you, and no matter how spiritual, how spiritual you are, as long as you live in the flesh, you are going to have moments where your flesh rises up. You're, you're going to have moments. People, someone pulls in front of you, hits their brakes. It is not natural. Lord, bless them. Hallelujah. They must really be struggling today. Man, let me just pull up beside them and just, I'll be praying for you. You know, that's not the first thing that comes up. Sometimes, like, what are you doing? Or maybe I'm the only one. Anybody else ever think that? That right there is why we don't have Thrive bumper stickers. I'm, we're not putting car decals on because I've, I've seen y'all drive. I, I'm not putting them on my car either. But here's the thing. We... We have this flesh we got to deal with, and that's where the temptation is. It comes from those things, those places in you where sometimes your flesh rises up, and then the temptation comes because of that part of you. Now, let's keep going. Your temptation is never too much for you to handle, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. The temptation in your life is no different from what others experience. And listen to this phrase, God is faithful. Remember that. Go ahead and say it. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he'll show you a way out so that you can endure. So any temptation you, you face, you have to remember this. God will find a way out. Because, we said it, God is faithful. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. He'll be faithful. So it's not too much for you to handle. Now, this is going to sound counterproductive. We did this last week. But your temptation is too much for you to handle. Doesn't that sound weird? It's not too much, and yet it is too much. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in insults and hardships, persecution, troubles. I suffer. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So here's what I mean by it is too much for you to handle. Obviously, it's not too much because God is faithful. But for you alone, it's too much. So what you need to do is realize, without God, I can't do this. I'm weak. I can't make these decisions. I can't do what's right all the time because I have this flesh in me. But with God, when I walk by the Spirit, I can do it. Because in my moments of weakness, God's strength is perfect. So if I will allow the strength of God to manifest in my life, I'll have all the strength I need to make the right decision. And sometimes, here's part of the problem. We live in such a rushed, fast-paced society. And I'm going to sound like my grandpa, because my grandpa used to tell me all how it was when he was a kid. You know, when I was like, man, I can't do this and that. You know, I used to get mad that, you know, if the remote didn't work. My grandpa would be like, listen, be glad you got a remote. Be glad you have a screen. We listen to the radio. There was no TV. There, I mean, so he would always do that. So, but can I just tell you from, I'm only 47. So some of you know this. Some of you are a little bit older than I am. Um, 
But here's the thing about society today. When I grew up, we played outside. Some of your kids ain't even seen outside. <laughs> they ain't climbed a tree in all their life. But we were outside all the time. When my parents came home from work, they didn't have laptops and computers and phones to keep working. They shut down, and they connected with us. And we ate dinner together. That's, that's foreign. We didn't, we didn't, my dad didn't text me from the next room and say, come here. My dad whistled, and we knew, get home. That, that, was, that was life. If I wanted to talk to my friend on the phone, my whole family heard it. And if I didn't want him to hear it, I had to take that long cord and go all the way into the pantry of the kitchen and close the door and eat marshmallows while I'm talking on the phone. The marshmallow part my parents didn't know about. But now... We, I mean, we are so busy. And for some of you, we have justified it that, oh, well, this is important. This is important. This is important. I, I got to take this call. I got to do that. And I'm not saying that there aren't times where it's important. But we have justified working our tails off, not having time with our family, not having time with our kids, not talking to our neighbor. All right, I'm going to tell on myself, all right? You're still going to love me after this because I'm opening up, being a little vulnerable here, okay? All right, for those three people, thank you. The rest of you, maybe I'll hurt your feelings. Um, or, but here's what happened yesterday. Chase had a, a meeting for football down at the high school. He's playing football, and there was a parents' meeting. So I went to the parents' meeting, and uh, I was supposed to help with um, – uh, whatever they were selling, sports passes and all that stuff. And I was supposed to help because my wife sometimes will sign up and then say, hey, <laughs> you're signed up. So, so I go and I said, now who am I? I don't know who I'm talking to. And they, so she told me her name and I was like, okay. So I go and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I have no idea. No one's wearing name tags and there's people everywhere. So I'm not going to go up and just say, are you, are you, are you, like, so I just kind of look around. Well, then Chase comes in. I said, Chase, who's uh, Carson's mom? And they're like, him right there or her. And I was like, okay. So I went up and introduced myself. You know what she said? Oh, yeah, we live like five houses down from y'all. I'm like, how long you lived there? Oh, probably like 14 years. I've lived, we've lived there 14 years. Four or five houses down. I've never seen her. So for me to preach about getting out, listen, I'm preaching to myself. We're losing relationships. We are losing connection. Because we're being so tempted with electronics. We're being so tempted with our phones and, and all this stuff. And this is what's getting our attention. And if you recognize it and say, look, these desires that I've justified in my mind, Then you, you, you all, all of a sudden, now you're aware. Now you got to start thinking about, you know what? I do, I do that. I do work a lot. I do a lot. I probably do need to pull back. I probably do. So those are things like even in all of us, 
We have to recognize those places. There are times, you know what, there's seasons. As a pastor, if something happens, that's, there's some of that stuff that's out of my control. But just to say, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to go in the office for a little while. I'll just try to get caught up on some stuff or whatever. I used to, I used to work, like, way more than I should. And when I, when I was, especially when I was younger and my kids were younger, I missed some things. Because I was so tempted and I was so caught up in the performance side of stuff. I was so caught up in the busyness that it just felt like it was right. And I'm just here to encourage you, some of that stuff, it's not right. Some of it is not right. This rush, 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 we miss it. So I'm encouraging you. Don't be like me. Don't not know your neighbor that's been next to you for 14 years. When you see someone outside, just stop and say, hey, don't text them. Don't text your neighbor. There's no relationship there. Right? You with me? Still love me? All right, good. All right, so let's talk about keys to open temptation. We're going to roll through these. Um, and, and we're not going to hit all the verses from last week. If you want to listen to last week's message, it's online. You can go back and get caught up. But I will tell you so, three of the things that we talked about so far. We talked about one way to overcome temptation is to avoid it and to run from it. The Bible talks about fleeing youthful lust. Talk, remember Joseph? When Joseph, when Potiphar's wife came to Joseph, he didn't just sit there and say, no, no, I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to stay strong. I will not compromise. No, you know what he did? He took off. I'm not even going to put myself in that situation. I'm out. Run from that. Don't put yourself in situations where it's going to be tempted for you to compromise. Think about plan. Be smart. Avoid it the much. You can't always avoid it. I use the illustration about when I went to the allergy doctor and they found out I was allergic to about everything. And they were like, basically, uh, there's three options. You can get shots, take this pill and nasal spray, or just avoid all that stuff. But if you avoid all that stuff, you've got to have a little concrete room you just sit in because everything else you're allergic to. So you can't always avoid everything. There are things at your job where someone comes up, talks to you about something, you know, your computer, something pops up. There's, there's things where you have to know, hey, this just happened. You, you do the right thing. You get out of there as much as you can. But someone coming to your desk, things your boss is trying to get you to do or things people want you to do to, you know, really get this, make this customer happy, but you have to compromise to do it, that's the kind of stuff you got to be very careful and you got you to fight that temptation. So when you can't avoid it or run from it, here's another thing you do. Pray. Matthew 26, verse 41. Jesus is in the garden. He tells the disciples, keep, watch, and pray. And then what he says, he says, so that you will not be given in to temptation. Because your spirit is willing, your flesh is weak. So let me ask you this. How many of you, down deep, you want to please God with every decision you make? Now, let me ask this question, and you don't have to raise your hand for this one, okay? So don't raise your hand. But think about, did every decision you make this week please God? So our heart, it wants to. Our spirit wants to. But our flesh is weak. And if we don't connect to the spirit and allow the spirit to lead us, our flesh, we're going to miss it. Because our flesh is weak. 
And the way that what Jesus is saying here, listen, keep watching, pray so you don't fall into temptation. Pray. Basically, he's saying this, stay connected to the strength, your source of strength. Stay connected so you don't fall into temptation. Uh, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, <clears throat> it talked about, since we have a high priest who entered heaven, Jesus, Son of God, hold firmly to what we believe. This is the high priest. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings he, that we do, but he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. We'll receive mercy and find grace when we need it the most. So part of our connection to that power is coming boldly to the throne of God. Coming boldly to God to, to receive everything that we need. The grace and mercy we need to do what he's called us to do. And when we need it the most, listen, we just go to him. That's what we do. So we pray and we stay connected. And then we talked about staying grounded in the word. Luke 8 verse 13. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, receive it with joy. But since it doesn't have deep roots, they believe for a while, but they fall away when temptation comes. Because the roots don't go deep into the soil, when temptation comes, they fall. So we want to be stay really connected to the word. Psalms 119 verse 9. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Not just pure, not just a sexual purity, a purity overall. You know how you stay pure in your life? By obeying the word. By staying connected to the word. Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. In other words, the way I can prevent those failures and those fallings is to continue to put your word in my heart. Continue to put your word in my heart. The Bible talks about that people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So sometimes you don't know how to stand. You don't know what to believe. If you're not in the word and, and hearing the word and understanding the word, then when time comes, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what to stand on. That's why you got to get in the word. And when you're in the word and difficulty comes, you're going to find that the spirit of God will bring to remembrance the things that you've read, the things that you've, you've read in the past, even if you didn't memorize it, the things that you read in the past, all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I remember that scripture. The Holy Spirit will bring it up and speak and remind you of that. And it helps you to overcome. So let's go to the, this is where we're picking up from last time. So avoid it, run from it, pray, stay grounded in the word. And here's another one we talked about a little bit, but walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit of God. We just said today that we need to be aware that we have the presence of God with us. And we have to choose to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, when you walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When the Holy Spirit controls your life, you will not walk by the flesh. You can't. The Spirit and the flesh are not going the same direction. So if just think about it north and south. If you walk north, you're not going south, right? And we talked about that. We spend so much, and we did this illustration a little bit yet last week, but you have all the temptation here that you struggle with day in and day out. And you have all the things of God over here. And you have to be very careful because sometimes as believers, we spend all this time right here fighting all of this stuff. I'm going to fight this temptation. I'm going to fight this fear. And I'm going to fight this. And I'm going to fight this. And I'm going to fight this. And what the, what the Bible is telling us, instead of sitting there trying to overcome the flesh, just walk by the Spirit. In other words, stop fighting here. If you want to leave here, 
If you want to not deal with this stuff and have, and have this stuff wreak havoc on your life, then the Bible is very clear. If you just walk by the Spirit and you're head towards the spiritual things and the things of God, then as you're on this journey pursuing that, you're getting further from that as you go without even trying to. You're going to overcome things that you never thought you could overcome by just turning toward the other. That's it. Just by making that. And it's all through Scripture. It doesn't, you know, we stand with the armor of God. We stand firm. Resist the devil, he'll flee. But what does it say before that? Submit to God. So you looking here, you just resist the enemy. How do we overcome fear? Not by fighting fear, not by saying 400 fear scripture verses. You know how we fight it? We walk in the perfect love of God because God's perfect love casts out fear. So instead of putting all this focus, I remember one time I actually heard it. When someone was praying, like, oh, we will not fear. No, no fear here. No fear, no fear, no fear, no fear. And I was like, you've just said fear a thousand times. That's what you're hearing over and over. But what if we talk about the love of God? And that perfect love of God and understanding he loves me so much, he protects me. He loves me so much, he guides me. He loves me so much, he helps me. So all the things that I'd be afraid of go away. When Zach was little and my kids were little, if they were afraid of something, I didn't, I didn't just tell them, stop fearing. I just showed up. I just picked them up. And the fear was gone. If they were afraid... And then dad's here, hey, I got you. The fear would go. It's the same way. So turn. Walk by the Spirit. Look at Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When we have the Spirit of God with us, we can do everything. We can make right choices when we have the Spirit of God. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. You're all, you already have the greatest amount of power and authority inside of you because of the spirit of God. So walking in the spirit, no weapon formed against you can prosper. When you walk in the things of God, you're good. You have strength available to you. Look at Ephesians 6. A final word, be strong where? Where's your strength come from? In the Lord. In whose power? His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor that you will be able to what? Stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will stand, you will still be standing firm. So whenever he comes at you, listen, you stand with everything that God has given you and you just stand. And it says that you'll be resisting him. Because can I tell you, in him, in Christ, you are already victorious. You're already, you're already winning. You know, when I played softball, um, we would, we would, if we, you know, we'd play another team, and there were several times it happened, and I never really liked it because I always liked the competition, but there were times where the other team would only have seven or eight players, and they would forfeit. So what happened is they'd pick a couple people out of the stands or whatever to come join their team, <clears throat> but it didn't count. 
So because of the forfeit, we already won. We're still going to play a game, but it's just the game we're playing. But we know before we even get on the field, we won. And you know what it feels like? When you're out there, there's no pressure on you. You're not, you're not like worried about what if we don't win? What if we lose? Especially if you're competitive like I was because um, I'm better at it. But when you're highly competitive, you just want to win. But there was something kind of fun about playing a game when you already know you win. And if the other team, if it looks like they're winning, you think, hey, when it's all said and done, we still won. So that's how it is. Listen, the game's over. Jesus humiliated the enemy on the cross, rose again, disarmed him. The enemy is powerless against you as a believer. That's why you can just walk in the things of God and just resist them. He's a deceiver. He'll try to get you to think things. He'll try to mess with your mind. But he knows he's doomed. You're victorious. Walk by the Spirit and stand in that victory. Here's another way, and this is an important one. Another way you can overcome temptation is develop healthy relationships. That's where this embrace side comes in. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says two people are better off than one. for They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Listen, there is strength in numbers. I mean, there just is. Even the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they faced the fiery furnace, this is just my, listen, this isn't, you know, you can study it out all you want. It doesn't say this in the Greek. They don't give us all the details, so I'm not adding to scriptures. I'm just telling you my opinion. I think it helped having three of them. I think it helped give them confidence. I know that there was single, one person times where one person stood strong. But I think there's something about three. I could just see it in my mind. I remember thinking this when I was uh, a youth pastor and we were talking about it with some youth. And, and we were kind of talking about the same thing about have people around you that are heading the same direction. People that are pursuing God. Make sure the, the people that you are going to are going the same, rate, same direction that you're going. But I could see it where all of a sudden it's like Shadrach looks over at Meshach like, he just cranked that up seven times hotter. They said they're going to throw us in there. I mean, what if we just like pretended to bow? I mean, God knows our heart, right? That's hot. I mean, we're the only three stand. I mean, even, you know, God, I'm not kneeling in my heart. I'm just, you know, you try to play along. Like some of y'all do when you go to a restaurant, you go to pray, you pretend you drop your napkin. Father, bless this food. Jesus, name, amen. <laughs> right? Instead of just bowing your head and praying. I'm not saying y'all do. I'm saying people. I used to a long time ago when I was a teenager because I still knew I was supposed to pray. Uh, but, you know, I was concerned about what people think. Now I'll pray. Don't worry. But I could just imagine that them being a little bit nervous. They were still human. 
thinking they're going to get thrown into this furnace. But I imagine it says, hey, man, we can do this. All right. I mean, I'm, uh, all right. Well, I mean, if you do it, I'll do it. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. Like, all right. I think it, I, I think it encouraged them. I think they could have, with the strength of the Lord, they could have done it alone. But I know for me, growing up, there was a lot of times where someone else doing something with me, I was a lot stronger. I was a lot more confident to do something if someone else was going to do it with me. That worked in a positive way, but even in negative things. I just got to dare you to do that. Come with me. I'll do it. You know, and that wasn't always a positive thing. But there were things, too, when it comes to, hey, let's really... Let's really do this. Have you ever heard people say, you know, if you want to give your life, to, just come down. And if you're nervous, tell your friend to come with you. And there's been times when I was youth pastoring that a friend would say, listen, I'll go with you. Let's go down there. And they would come down. And we'd pray over them. And they just needed a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of support. That's how, that's how it is to have the healthy relationship that we can, we know that we're with each other. That's what the body of Christ is for. We're a body. We're all one. There's one body of Christ. We're all part of it. So basically what we're saying is let's help each other the way your body does. You slam your finger, what does this hand do if this hand's hurt? Right? Just, just, it's right there. It just connects. I got you. You'll be all right. That's, that's how the body of Christ works. That's how we should work. The problem is when we face difficult times, a lot of times... We face it alone. And then when we struggle, we isolate ourselves even more. And then we, we, then we just go down this spiral because we're just doing everything on our own. At this church, I can tell you, at this church, there are no perfect people. We, all, we need each other. We actually need each other to let people come around you where you can be vulnerable, you can be open. And, and even, even, listen, even, we all have our moments where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll be vulnerable here, but eh, not right here. But just as we grow, listen, just allow the Lord to help you to just really trust God that he'll lead you to the right people and that the right people can come alongside of you and encourage you. And then that you can be that kind of person to someone else. Because we all face it. And there's times that things that you're facing, other people may have already faced. I said, listen, I, I know the struggle. But I'm going to tell you how the Lord set me free. And then encourage you. And then the last thing is never give up. Endure. Don't give up. When you face temptations, don't give up. Don't quit. If you, if, you've, if you failed, get back up. The Bible says a righteous fall, but they get back up. Every time, they get back up. But see, where shame and condemnation hits, it, it makes it difficult for people to get back up. You know what else makes it difficult is I heard someone say the Christian, Christians are the only army that beat up their wounded. Sometimes when people fall, we, we, we tear them up. Oh, can you believe they did that? Can you believe it? Listen, I'm going to just be really honest with you about something. Even pastors and ministers that are in the limelight, 
You better be very careful judging and criticizing when someone struggles because you struggle and you've, you've, you've failed. It doesn't mean what, they, what they've done is right, but it means they're hurting, they're struggling, and now it's time to be a part of helping to restore and helping to build up. And part of that, there was, a, there was a pastor, and I won't name his name, but very famous and just, just messed up. Just went down a road that should have never gone down. And things I heard other pastors saying made me sick to my stomach. And I thought, you know, when Jesus met the adulterous woman, the woman caught in the act of adultery, and everybody else, according to the law, they could have stoned her. And they picked up those stones and they got ready, and, and Jesus made this statement. So he wrote in the sand, and, and then he made this statement. Whoever has no sin, just throw the first one. And you know what it says? From youngest to the oldest, they started dropping their rocks. Because they realized, I got my stuff. I want mercy and grace when I need it. They started dropping the rocks, started putting them down. There was one person that could have thrown a rock that hadn't sinned. Jesus could have been like, well, guess it's just me. But he didn't do that. And you know what that act of kindness did? Because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. I'm not saying there still doesn't need to be consequences in situations for people to get healthy and be restored that they can't serve in different places. I get all that. But I'm talking about a heart and a soul of a person that we got to come alongside and say, there's still something there. And that's what, that's what we need to do, not just for ourselves. We need to do that for each other and not give up on ourselves if we fail or if we mess up, but don't give up on other people if they mess up. Because it's so easy to look, it's, easy, it's, it's way more fun to look through a window than a mirror. Because in a window, you see everybody else. Mm, look at that. Mm -hmm. But in the mirror, you're like, oh, look at that. Well, yeah, but you don't understand. I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing much better, though. I mean, we'll, you know what I'm saying? We got to be very sensitive. Very sensitive to people. And even yourself. Some of you are way harder on yourself than you should be. You just say, you know what, I've, I've made some mistakes in my life. And I've, I've done things I'm not proud of. But you know what, God's going to help me and I'm going to get through this. And I will be different and I will walk different and I will act different and I will talk different because I have the spirit of God in me. And the Bible says when he who begins a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. And I don't have to give up and I don't have to quit. Romans 8.37 Despite all these things, over, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then the last scripture, James 1.12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Then it says this about when you endure and you go through it. Afterwards, they receive the crown of life that God has promised to all those who love them. Listen, here's the, here's the, here's the blessing of where we are right now. 
Are we going to face difficult times? Are we going to face temptations and, and struggles and trials and testings? Are we? Yeah, we are. But can I tell you, as we just stay the course and endure, we will be blessed. And ultimately, we are going to spend eternity with our Creator in heaven forever and ever and ever. And we won't face those temptations anymore. We won't face any hurt, any pain, any lack, any struggle. And we can begin to just tap into that stuff even here. Even while we're on this earth, begin to live this stuff out. Because remember, Jesus' prayer says, let it be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Help us live it out even now, just trusting you, just, just walking with you, knowing that we'll produce, we'll produce, we'll stay the course. Galatians 6, 9, do not get weary in doing good, because in due time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Do not give up. You are victorious. You are more than conquerors through Christ. Do not give up. Whatever has been coming your way, you do not have to fall prey to that temptation. You don't have to. You connect with God. Get in the word. Pray. Get other people around you. And you'll walk out victorious, I promise you. With the blessing of God walking right there with you.